Welcome back to Your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And we have a really, really good one for you guys today. This is one that if you're familiar with ghosts and the paranormal in the U.S., you've probably heard of it. It is in Estes Park, Colorado, which funny enough happens to be our last name. Um, yeah. So it's meant to be for sure. This is actually a place that was the inspiration for Stephen King's The Shining. And that's probably what it's most known for aside from the ghost. But it's said to be one of the most haunted locations in the world and on this episode Lindsay I have actually been there a few years ago with my ex-boyfriend Bill who is actually going to be joining us today awesome awkward or no. not no we're still <laughs> I'm kidding friends. I know <laughs> but I suppose our listeners probably have that same thought right oh everybody does when I tell them <laughs> that I am still friends with Bill but he's going to be joining us a little bit later in the program and we're going to talk about all of our experiences that we had at this location this is your haunted holiday at the Stanley Hotel Hey guys, it's Lindsay from Your Haunted Holiday. Before we get started into the story about the Stanley Hotel at Estes Park, Colorado, we want to give you a heads up about an interview we recently did on another podcast called Shootin' the Ish with the Brit. Uh, it's a really great show where they basically get together and, and just kind of shoot the ish, so to speak. But we were guests on their show for season two, episode seven. You can find it anywhere you stream podcasts. We also have a link directly to it in case you have trouble finding it, yourhauntedholiday.com. And it will link you right to the episode that we're featured on. If you can't get enough of your haunted holiday, we, we talk all things ghosts, and we even talk a little bit about our first ghost encounter when we were kids in Deadwood, South Dakota. Future episodes, we're probably going to be a two-parter to come in the future, but we'll give you a sneak preview if you go check out that interview with them. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. So definitely go check it out. They also asked us a lot of twin questions, Lindsay. So yes. if you guys are interested in that kind of thing, go check it out. It was really cool. You ready to start talking about the Stanley? Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, so obviously you know about the Stanley Hotel, Lindsay. We've seen plenty of shows out there about it. It's been on pretty much every haunted show I think that is out there. But I was surprised by one thing. Nobody that I could find on any kind of record has ever died there. That is so surprising to me. How can that be? I don't know, because it's supposed to have tons of ghosts. And so when I do get into the history here, it's actually going to be pretty quick. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history, but most of what we're going to talk about today is going to be the different areas of the hotel that are haunted, as well as my own experience there. Well, think about it, Lisa. Remember our Myrtle's Plantation episode when we talked about maybe it was made on an Indian burial ground or something? <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think, okay, so there were no deaths. It must have been an Indian burial ground. For years, Lindsay, Estes Park has been known as a spiritual location. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the beauty of the place. Like it is 
absolutely gorgeous there. It's right on the outskirts of Rocky Mountain National Park. And, you know, it's also surrounded by mountains, obviously. So they say that those mountains have like quartz crystal in them, granite, limestone. And for whatever reason, spirits tend to be tied to that location because of just the geography of the place. And, you know, a lot of spiritual people talk about limestone and stuff like that a lot. I don't really bite into that a lot and there's actually been some locations that we've talked about in the past where I'll see oh there's limestone and that's why it's haunted and I usually don't bring that up but I think it's important especially here because there are no recorded deaths on the property and I think that actually does make some sense as to why this location might hold some spirits. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, anything's possible, right? But I'm agreeing with you. I'm a skeptic when it comes to like different stones having spiritual (laughs) powers. But I mean, who the heck knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I will say um, the bartender, and not only the bartender, but tons of people that worked at the location when we were there, they regularly talked about like the limestone on the land and that is what makes it a particularly spiritual area that that ghosts and spirits are drawn to so kind of interesting but so the stanley hotel was built by f.o stanley and f.o stanley oddly enough Lindsay, has an identical twin brother named f.e stanley and they look exactly alike if you look up pictures of these guys they look identical but they were from maine originally and they were actually inventors they invented all kinds of stuff making money they're mostly known for inventing a steam engine car that was called the stanley steamer and actually if you go to the hotel today there is one of those old Stanley steamer cars there and and you can see that that car that they invented. So they made a ton of money off of these inventions, but they were really innovators. So F.O. Stanley ended up getting tuberculosis and at the time there was really no cure for tuberculosis and his doctor said, you know what, why don't you go move to Colorado and try to breathe in the fresh air, live this more outdoor lifestyle kind of thing. And so he went with his wife, Flora, to Colorado and they bought a big plot of land and apparently just fell in love with Estes Park. They absolutely loved it. And they decided, you know what, why don't we go ahead and build this fancy hotel where all of our rich friends from New England can come down during the summertime and, you know, vacation. So they ended up building this hotel in 1909 is when it opened. And F.O. Stanley didn't stop there. He actually built the hotel, which is, by the way, a series of buildings. So there's like the main hotel. They have also like a concert hall, their own electricity plant that actually provides electricity to the building. So there's multiple buildings on this site that they built. 
In addition to building the Stanley Hotel, he was kind of known as the father of Estes Park, Colorado, because he thought, gosh, we have this fabulous hotel here, but we don't really have anything else for people to go and do. So he kind of built up the community as well and put a lot of his money into building a school, building a bank, even building like a town dump. So people really look at him as the person that made Estes Park what it is today and really get it going for that. An interesting story that I saw about the hotel back in these days is F.O. Stanley and his wife Flora liked to kind of play tricks on some of their guests that were coming in to Colorado. So a lot of these people were from bigger cities and it's their first time going to Colorado and they're riding this car, probably a Stanley steamer, who knows, to get to the hotel. And they've never seen a bear before. And all of a sudden, a bear will stand up and start running at the car and the driver will say, oh, this happens all the time. And he pulls out a rifle and shoots the bear, right? Mm. This reminds me of the Jungle Cruise because it was actually faked. They just thought it was hilarious. And they would have the same guy dress up as a bear to try to scare their hotel guests that have never seen a bear before. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it reminds me. totally Jungle Cruise. It's Jungle Cruise slash almost like, remember the polar bear from the Tower of London? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, it just reminded me of the Jungle Cruise a lot. I thought that was really funny. So anyway, those were the the days there, and it was only open in the summertime, so about 90 days, and then uh, it would close for the winter. Now, the Stanley Hotel never really made a lot of money. F.O. Stanley was very rich. He didn't really seem to care how much money it made because it's hard to keep up a place that's only open during the summer months, right? And it's this huge place that they're trying to maintain. So he sold it a little bit later in his life and it kind of moved back and forth between several owners throughout the years. And it ended up kind of falling into a bit of a disarray because it was just lacking the income to really maintain the property when something happened, which is Stephen King decided to go visit the Stanley Hotel in 1974 with his wife. And at the time, in 1974, Stephen King was not a well-known author. He was actually struggling. He hadn't had any bestsellers or anything like that. And it was in October, so a property was actually on the verge of closing. Supposedly, they were the only guests at the hotel at the time. So like they ate in the dining hall by themselves at the restaurant, nobody Mm -hmm. else was there. And so that night he goes to bed and he is just having nightmares all night long, right? And one of the nightmares that he says he had was that of his son running through the halls of the hotel looking behind his shoulder, screaming, crying out in fear, and that a fire hose was actually trying to strangle his son and catch up with him. So anyways, so he wakes up in the middle of the night with all these nightmares. He's totally freaked out and he is inspired. He lights up a cigarette, I guess. And by the end of that cigarette, he's already got the plot for The Shining ready to go. 
And he goes and he writes it. The book comes out in 1977. It's his first big bestseller. And then the Stanley Hotel is really born out of, you know, this this book that's come out. People suddenly say, I want to go to the hotel where Stephen King was inspired by this. And I want to stay in that room. And that room, by the way, Lindsay, is room 217, which we will get into a little bit later in more detail. But that is the big room that everybody really wants to go to. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So that, Lindsay, is really the main history of the Stanley Hotel. It feels so weird to be talking about a place that doesn't have all this death and horrible stuff happening at it. But they say people just loved it, right? And so they would go there and vacation every year. They love this hotel, and they think that's part of the reason, you know, the spirits are drawn to it. They want to go back, and they want to relive those vacations that they had. So I don't really find the Stanley Hotel ghosts to be particularly scary if we're talking about ghosts. I mean, ghosts in general are kind of scary. But Mm -hmm. these ones I feel like are kind of light and, you know, not, you know, not malicious or anything like that. They're there on a vacation having a grand old time. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Let's be real here. I got to say. You know, so it's so funny because I'm sensing themes, right? So we've been, I think this is what, like episode 14. So, you know, we've done, this reminds me of Disney World, Jungle Cruise, obviously you brought up earlier, but it also reminds me of Disney World and the fact that, you know, people brought people's ashes. They think there's some hauntings because it's the happiest place on earth. People loved it. They went back in the afterlife, but there has got to be an explanation you know, for why this place is haunted. I I remember watching an episode of Ghost Hunters years ago. I always, I love some Ghost Hunters. And it was, uh, Jason was staying in one of the rooms, one of the haunted rooms. The, The closet door opened and the glass next to his bed shattered. Yeah. So granted, if it was really evil, it could have done something much worse, you'd think, right? But that's not like super friendly ghost if you ask me <laughs> that's a good point yeah i mean the reality is 
any ghost is a bit scary, right? And we'll, we're actually gonna talk about that room um, in particular here in just a second. I mean, maybe somebody summoned them with a Ouija board. We've talked about that possibility there too. You know, people yeah. summoning spirits. We talked about them in the Stone Lion Inn. Or maybe it's just, it, maybe it does have something to do with the geography and the types of stone that are surrounding the building. I mean, it's an interesting theory. I'm not totally bought in on it, but I, I mean, I definitely think this place is haunted regardless of the fact that there has not really been any death there. My guess is maybe way back historically, historically, maybe there was death. We just yeah. don't have it on record. Maybe. That's totally possible too. So the first ghosts that I'll talk about are the owners of the property. So F.O. Stanley and his wife, Flora, they can be seen throughout the hotel. They love the hotel. I think it makes total sense that they were tied to that location. Yeah. They didn't die on the property. But, I mean, they obviously had a love for Estes Park and this amazing hotel that they built. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Flora was a piano player her entire life. She absolutely loved to play the piano. And there is a music room in the main hotel with the original piano from when it was built in that room. And you can apparently hear music being played when nobody is in there playing the piano playing this beautiful piano music and apparently even one of the new front desk people were working and they had heard piano music being played and they were like oh my gosh what is that so they go in there turn on the lights and the music stopped immediately it was like an abrupt oh, stop of that is so creepy but it is what a cool story. Right. The concert hall is also where Flora likes to play piano music. Because like I said, they not only have that main hotel, they also have a concert hall on site where they'll have, I don't know, like symphonies play and stuff like that. And, you know, she's known to play the piano there. Now, F.O. Stanley, he can be seen throughout, but he's also seen in the billiard hall quite a bit. He was apparently really into playing pool quite a bit and so you can maybe see him in there that might be a good spot to try to locate him also in the billiard hall they used to have you know big parties and stuff like that so sometimes you can apparently hear kind of the sound of like a party going on in the background while maybe you're just outside that room and nobody's actually in there now also going back to the concert hall flora is not the only one that can be seen in there or playing piano. That is actually considered the most haunted spot on the entire property, which I thought was interesting. Apparently the concert hall, there is ghostly activity there regardless of the time. Like it can be at night, it can be in the morning, during the day. Like you can always have some kind of experience there. They're apparently very active. There is supposedly in one of the chairs in the concert hall, like one of the audience chairs, sometimes you can see a figure like rise up out of the chair. And to me, that kind of seems maybe not like a, uh, an intelligent ghost, but one that's kind of replaying a little bit mm -hmm. over and over. So they say they can see that. 
Um, there's also a groundsman that they think is haunting the concert hall named Paul. And the groundsman, one of his duties was actually to, you know, tell people it's curfew at like 11 p.m. or something like that. Like, get out of here. You can't be in here anymore. 11 p.m.? Well, this is back in the day, Lindsay. You know, something like that. <laughs> and so he, sometimes you can even catch like his voice if you're doing a recording, like an EVP recording of what they think is him saying, get out, because they oh. think he's like shoving people out of the concert hall. So it's not like your evil ghost saying, get out. No, it's like a groundsman trying to, you know, still manage. The sure property. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be. We're trying. Who the heck knows? <laughs> I know. It could be an evil spirit, Lindsay. Let's be real. <laughs> the other person that they think is haunting the concert hall, hall is a homeless woman named Lucy who apparently used to kind of like sneak in the concert hall and use it as a place to sleep. Now they don't know, like they don't have any background on whether or not she died there or why she would be haunting the concert hall other than that was kind of like her refuge um, to go hang out in. The other place that is kind of interesting that I think you can go on if you go on the night tour that I'll talk about here in a little bit is the tunnels underneath the property itself. So underneath all these different buildings, there's actually tunnels that the staff used to use in order to kind of like move around easily. And apparently in these tunnels, you can smell like food is supposed to, like the chef is haunting it, they think. Potentially you can smell fresh food. But also there's a ghost cat with glowing green eyes that hangs out in those tunnels. Oh, it's like Pierre. It's like your cat that haunted yeah. your house. Yes, there is a ghost cat that's supposed to be not only in the tunnels, you can supposedly kind of see it around the property a bit, but um, that's one of the areas that you're primarily. How do they know it's a ghost cat and not just a real cat wandering around? I mean, I would guess just like you would figure out a person isn't really a person, right? Maybe you see it and it vanishes or it's slightly see-through kind of thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. I did not see the ghost cat, unfortunately. I would have loved <laughs> to see that when I was there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some of the individual rooms um, within the property. So one of the rooms is actually in the manor house, which is a separate building from the main hotel that also has rooms that you can rent. And this is, I think, one of the more haunted rooms. And it is 1302 in the manor house, if you're interested in getting that one. And what they say is maids will go in, they'll make up the room, they'll make the bed, all that stuff, leave to go do the room next door. They might hear a noise, go back in, and then the bed's been unmade, there's lamps turned over, pictures have been removed from the walls, and everything's just in complete disarray. Hmm. So a lot of activity there. And yeah. that is actually the room, Lindsay, if you were talking about that Ghost Hunters episode earlier, which mm -hmm. is why I bring this up. Remember when Grant from Ghost Hunters was sitting at that table and the whole table like kind of lifted up and like made that huge yes. bang noise? Uh-huh. That is that room. All right. The next area of the hotel, and this is in the main hotel, is the fourth floor hallway and really just the fourth floor in general. 
This is actually where I stayed with our upcoming guest, Bill, on the fourth floor. So the fourth floor originally when the hotel was built was actually like a huge open attic. It wasn't separate rooms. And in this attic, that's where all the rich people would send their kids to go with their nannies to like play, right? Mm -hmm. And so in this hallway throughout the fourth floor, it's called the long hallway, is where you can hear kids like giggling. You can even see children sometimes like running down the hall. It reminds me of that uh, creepy moment in The Shining where those those twin girls. Yep. So if you're going to see the creepy twins, this is where you would see them. Not that that's real. That was obviously fiction. But you could see creepy little children running around these halls and giggling. Right? (laughs) Um, So some of the rooms, not only the hallway, but there are several rooms on this floor that are haunted. The first one is actually room 401. This is the room that you were talking about earlier, Lindsay, where Jason from Ghost Hunters was actually sleeping. They had a camera set up and Mm -hmm. it was facing the closet door. The room itself, they think, was actually is is haunted by the former landowner, Lord Dunraven. So even before the hotel was built, Lord Dunraven owned a ton of property there, lived, uh, you know, in this area. And they think he's haunting that room. And what it is most known for is actually that closet door regularly opening and closing on its own. And that Mm. video on Ghost Hunters, they actually caught that, you know, opening and closing in the middle of the night. It was really pretty incredible footage. It was. I'll see if I can find a link to it, to that video. And if I can, I will add it to our episode section at yourhauntedholiday.com if you're interested in checking that out. So I'll see if I can find that. The next room on the fourth floor is actually room 428. And 428 is known mostly for this cowboy that is supposed to stand there and watch you sleep at the foot of the bed. <sighs> so that's really oh. creepy. Anybody it's watching you see very scary. scary. It is. So, here's another thing. I've been listening to some other podcasts recently about paranormal stuff. And there is this story about the hat man. And I don't know if anybody else has heard about this. But that is what it reminds me of is the hat man. I heard this. So I was listening to this podcast called The Paranormal Podcast. And had a guy on who did a, a documentary about this hat man. Which is apparently a guy who's maybe standing at the end of your bed with a hat. Not a cowboy hat, but who knows? It could be mistaken. And I'm telling you, I could not sleep for several nights after listening to this. It was so scary. Maybe it's a hat man. It is. It's terrifying to me. I never even uh, associated the two, but I listened to the same episode and I was, uh, it ruined my sleep for a little I wonder if he's like a shadow figure. Maybe he's not. It's probably not the hat man, but telling you what it's creepy nonetheless but also in room 428 furniture is known to move by itself as well so keep an eye out for that if you're staying in that room room 412 um there's not really a ton of stories around room 412 but i was watching a show where um the historian at the hotel was kind of like giving a tour of the place and she mentioned that there was like a you know one-off incident in this room where this woman 
was staying there and claimed that a ghost was trying to overtake her body and she was like convulsing and like almost like drooling and like foaming at the mouth almost like freaking out lisa i swear you said these were friendly ghosts what are you talking about never mind Oh my gosh. (laughs) And they thought maybe like she was on drugs or something and they like sent her to the hospital and like she tested negative for everything because they were like worried for her. Like she wasn't like wasted or, you know, anything like that. But their Um, drug test didn't include like PCP. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like who knows? (laughs) So I don't know what all her drug tests included, Lindsay, but I mean, it could be that, you know, who knows? Maybe she just got herself worked up and like freaked out and was having some kind of medical incident. You know what I mean? And thought, right, attributed it to that. Like, Gosh, who knows? We can only hope it's that and not the yeah. other. But if you do have the guts to stay in that room, in room 412, it is known for having like a tapping on the window. So listen for that in, Ugh, in the room. I'm telling you, Lisa, tapping, all these things are like evil spirit stuff. <laughs> I'm totally freaked. I haven't heard any of this before. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not staying on the fourth floor at the Stanley. I don't do evil spirits. Yes. No. I don't like evil spirits either, but I mean, you got to do it. That's crazy. Okay, so here's the other room that you can stay in, and this is the Stephen King room. This is the room that Stephen King stayed at in 1974 that uh, influenced The Shining. Now room 217 nobody died in the room but apparently back in 1911 there was a a maid working at the hotel there was a gas leak in the room and she went to go light a lamp you know with a match and there was an explosion in the room and she had really severe injuries she didn't die but uh, and she recovered but it was really, really severe. She was very injured. And oh my gosh. Um, supposedly, I don't know if I buy into this, they think that this this maid, Elizabeth Wilson, is the one haunting room 217. I don't know. I mean, she didn't die there. She did have a major incident occur. Right. Um, I don't know. They claim that she is very nice, that she wants you to kind of have a cozy stay. There, Some people claim, this. this sounds crazy to me, that they drop their suitcase off in the room, come back, and their suitcase has been unpacked and neatly folded into the dresser drawers. And wow. they think that this is Elizabeth Wilson trying to make sure you're comfortable in your room. Okay. Well, that would be great. Yes. But not only that, um, apparently items also move in the room. Lights turn on by themselves. And apparently, if it is Elizabeth Wilson, she's not that into, like, unmarried couples sleeping in the same bed. And Mm. unmarried couples tend to feel like this cold force in between them, I guess, while they're sleeping. Like, almost like she's trying to separate the two of them. Interesting. All right, everybody, it is time for our guest interview with my ex-boyfriend, Bill. And we actually went there a few years ago. How long ago was it, Bill? Was it like three years ago? Uh, Probably four or five, I'd say. 
Oh, wow. Time flies. So anyways, we decided to take a random trip to the Stanley, which was really because it was haunted. We, I, I mean, this is a very infamously haunted hotel. So we had to stay there. And I did call. And of course, I tried to get room 217. But it's one of those things. We'll talk about it. It is booked far ahead and it is kind of pricey by the way um so we called and asked for a haunted room and they gave us a room on the fourth floor which is you know the very haunted section of the hotel and i cannot remember for the life of me what room it was in though oh man so it could have been the room with the lady with the foaming at the mouth and the craziness it could have been any of those rooms (laughs) All right. So, Bill, why don't you start talking about, you know, our experience there in general? So, you know, what was the place like? What was your opinion on it? I know I have my own and I'll chime in here, but why don't you describe for our audience what you felt about just the overall experience at the Stanley? Yeah. So when we drove in, I remember it being a big white building kind of on the hill. I mean, it's in the mountains, so everything's kind of on a hill, but you could see it driving in. Um, it looks fairly old from the outside, and at the time the um, hedge maze was not up, so it was very, um, you couldn't really see that from the, from the road, but normally I think you can. So that's my impression when we drove up. I remember parking and walking in, and when you walk in, it is, it is a very old place. Uh, the floors are wood, they're uneven, they creak, but when you walk in, it, it's kind of an open area as you come in with a giant staircase that goes up, so you're being old and the way it's set up, your imagination immediately kicks in if you're coming there for haunted experiences about what you could see and kind of thinking all through that as you're checking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely old, but I will say I really thought it was beautiful, though. Like, like the old wood floors are definitely old, but like they're shined and like waxed very pretty. Like it doesn't it feels old, but it feels like it's been restored really nicely. Yeah, it's super well-maintained, so I, I don't think it was a dump by any means. Um, it, it's just older, and it looks really nice on the inside and the outside as you're, as you're pulling up. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the other thing I will say for those of you guys listening, thinking about going, it is a little bit of a pricey experience, okay? Like, the rooms themselves are kind of expensive, but when you get there, like, we went to the restaurant, and the food was so expensive, I thought, yeah, the food and the drinks at the bar, they were uh, all hand-mixed, and they were uh, very pricey. How, how pricey are we talking? Oh, I was thinking they're maybe like 12 to $16 for a mixed drink. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but it's really cool. I mean, the, the bartender at this whiskey bar was mixing really cool drinks. He had a handlebar mustache. Of it course just, he did. Yeah, it was just like a really cool experience. So it was worth doing that for one night, you know, in this iconic bar and kind of talk to people, you know. Totally. You're on vacation. Yeah, absolutely. So we tried to live it up a little bit, right? And we were there a handful of nights, but we definitely spent one good night in the bar and, and racked up quite a tab. <laughs> I heard a little bit about it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second because here's what I will say. So we went to the bar and we racked up quite a tab and we met like several people that were there. One person that was just there for a wedding that like kind of made fun of like the ghost fans that were there. Yeah, I specifically remember that he was asking us for there for ghosts and he proceeded to call us ghost dorks for being what? there to see ghosts. Yeah. Oh, did you yeah. call him on this, Lisa? 
Like, did you Lindsay, get back you in know, his face or what? You know when I've had a few drinks that, like, <laughs> I can get a little bit blunt, right? And so he was there because he wanted to see, like, the hedge maze. And so Bill goes, oh, so you're a maze dork. <laughs> yeah, I had to shoot it back at him, you know? So, I mean, he, he was talking trash but at the same time i remember he bought me a drink so i mean he wasn't a yeah he came around he came to realize he did i think when we gave it back to him he kind of grew on us right yeah and then there was this other lady that was there um specifically for the ghost but also for some other substances that are offered in colorado she was there for that right she was quite interesting we ended up making friends with this lady and so we've had all these drinks and by the way like the billiards hall and stuff like that there are velvet ropes up okay but late at night like there's like very little staff in this place like there's Mm -hmm. somebody maybe working the front desk but they're not like wandering around the hotel like you have free reign of this hotel we literally just like hopped over this velvet rope with this random lady that we met and just sat in like the billiards hall for a while investigating ghosts granted we didn't do it very coherently because we had a few cocktails but it was a really cool experience like we had free reign of the hotel that's what makes ghost hunting sometimes on vacation so fun you go have some cocktails go do some ghost hunting hop some red velvet ropes you know and enjoy yeah, I've, I certainly remember jumping over those, going into the particular the, the piano hall because it's so big, and we had a K two meter I think with us, and we were trying to ask questions, and I was recording on my phone at the time to try to see if we get some EVPs, um, but we've deleted most of those recordings because of our incoherentness the next day. <laughs> Especially, there was one recording in particular where so like we were on the fourth floor and every time you go up the stairs there's like this really creepy like little staircase into an actual attic okay mm-hmm. and like all you can see is like this creepy little attic door and there's a velvet rope on this staircase so of course like bill decides he's He's had a lot at this point. So he decides, I'm going over that velvet rope and trying to push that door open to see what's up there. It's, of course, like chained closed. But he, like, comes running down. He's like, there's light up there. There's somebody up there. (laughs) Absolutely. And remember that the door said red rum on it. So it naturally drew us to walk up the stairs to go see it. But, yeah, I I pushed on it. And uh, I didn't expect there to be light behind it. So it, it freaked me out. Yeah, like they write red rum just to get people to go do that. Like, or it was just somebody that did it on their own, like a guest or something, you know, writing red rum to be funny. Right. But it was a creepy area of the hotel. I will say that. So we really, we had such a fun time doing it. We did not experience any ghosts that night at all. Um, We tried really hard, but it was really cool to kind of go into these areas that I've seen on so many ghost hunting shows and just have free reign to try to hunt ghosts, which was really, really fun. Yeah, I bet. All right. So why don't we talk about one thing I do want to bring up for you guys staying because we talked about how expensive it is. It is a really nice place. Of course, I recommend that you guys go. Um, But one thing to keep in mind, there is no air conditioning. So if you go during the summer months, it is hot. And 
I had a very hard time sleeping. So we actually got a fan that we put in our window. You basically open the window, you put a fan in it and try to kind of circulate the air. So if you guys do go, make sure to bring some kind of fan that you can put in the room to help because it was just, that was very uncomfortable. Wow. So how expensive are we talking as far as room cost? So it depends on where you're going to stay in the hotel. So a standard queen bed room that's not on the fourth floor is $249 a night. Now, it goes up from there. If you want to stay on the fourth floor, they actually called them the spirited king rooms because they're king size beds up on the fourth floor. Those are at the lowest $419 a night. What? Did you guys pay that? I don't remember. You look remember. at each other. <laughs> I do not remember what we paid. We paid something crazy. I Because I remember it was very expensive, but we really wanted a haunted room. And uh -huh. granted, we weren't there for a full week. I mean, we were just there for a few days. And we were splitting the cost between the two of us. So it was definitely a splurge. Now, um, why don't we talk about our experience in the room? So, Bill, why don't you kind of, because you, I swear, you remember this way better than I remember this. You have a better memory than me. Yeah, so I remember very well um, this part in particular more than anything. Um, so maybe the first night we were there, we set alarms for the next morning to get up and go do whatever we're going to do out in Estes Park. There's a ton to do there, obviously. It's in the mountains. And I remember we golfed one day and we did some sightseeing. So don't know what we were doing that particular day, but we set the alarm on your phone and we woke up the next morning and we had slept in way too late and we went to grab your phone to see what happened and your phone was dead. It mm. didn't turn on at all. Mm -hmm. um, and you had an iPhone that you'd probably had for three or four years at that time and I've never seen it die. We'd been dating for a few years at that point and um, it, it never died. It, it, you had never experienced it before. So we thought it was weird, but we thought, oh, maybe an outlet went out or something like that. So we took it down to the car um, as we went to get breakfast and tried to charge it in the car and it would not charge. It wouldn't turn on. It gave us no indication of life. So no indication um, of life. <laughs> yeah. The ghost. Killed it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we drive to the breakfast place we went to and we tried to plug it in there and it still wouldn't take a charge or turn on or anything like that. So it was obviously dead and we were kind of bummed. We have to buy a new phone. We get back to Omaha after we took this expensive vacation to start with. Mm -hmm. um, but we go back to the hotel and we thought maybe there was a power surge. So I remember we're asking the front desk clerk if they maybe reported a power surge that night and nobody reported anything at all. So a couple days had passed um, and the phone was still dead. It wouldn't come on. We probably tried charging it over and over in different outlets and different places um, and the phone wouldn't turn on. So I remember I think about the fourth day, which might have been our last morning. I can't remember. Um, I believe it was my birthday, actually. And the um, we're laying in bed. We're super hungover. And all of a sudden, there's an alarm going off on Lisa's phone. And I'm like, really. Yes. And I look at her and I'm like, will you turn the dang alarm off? We're we're trying to sleep here. Right. Right. Because um, we had no plans particularly to get up that day and do anything special. So anyway, as I said that, Lisa and I kind of look at each other and realize, wait a minute, your phone is going off. How does your phone turn on? So it wasn't plugged in. It was just laying on the dresser or the nightstand, one of the two. And it suddenly it turned itself on overnight and the alarm started going off. So Whoa. that is 
I don't know how to explain that any other way. The phone worked fine ever since then. It never died again for the lifetime that you had it. Um, and so the best I can think of is that the ghosts might have been playing a trick with us and turned the phone off. So we were telling a, uh, that bartender at the handlebar mustache we talked about earlier about it at the bar. Yeah, the bar we were, guy, yeah. Yeah, as we were drinking down there. And he said, um, I hear that story a lot. That a lot of times people's electronics go out on them when they're staying up on the fourth floor. And they just assume it's the ghost kind of being mischievous and playing tricks on them. Really? Or I also think um, ghosts, like, sometimes need energy to do stuff. And so they have a tendency to, like, suck the battery life out of things. And I wonder if there was just so much going on that they were, you know, using my phone battery for some kind of energy. See, that's the first thing that I thought of was maybe it was using some sort of energy. You see, like ghost hunters and investigators like at places and their camera batteries like just die like out of nowhere mm-hmm. so I was like maybe it's related to something like that yeah I wonder I I was actually really surprised when we were talking to that bartender and he had this look on his face and he was like that happens all the time to people on the fourth floor so mm-hmm. it wasn't unique to me and like Bill said like that had never happened to my phone before that like it didn't have any battery issues prior to this happening so I don't know if it was a ghost, but it was extremely unusual and apparently something that happens quite a bit in and the area that we were staying in. I never experienced anything like that outside of Stanley. Yeah, it was very weird. And we tried every single outlet. There was also something that I remember you talking about. Now, I don't know if this was a ghost, but it was something about like flowers being kind of placed in different locations. Why don't you tell them about that? Yeah, absolutely. So right outside of our room, there was like this old timey bench is the best way I could describe it. Um, And there was a bouquet of flowers left laying out in the hallway on it. And every time we left our room, those flowers were in a different position. Sometimes they were on the floor. Sometimes they were separated out of out of their bundle. Um, Other times they were just either laying the opposite direction or maybe standing upright against the back of the bench. So could that have been people moving them around and playing tricks? Absolutely. But it was something that we always noticed and it started to almost become a game. Like where are the flowers going to be when we open the door today? Yes. I wonder. I mean, probably people moving it, but still kind of a funny, interesting thing. Yeah. It was different. I got to say, this was such a fun trip. I mean, it was pricey, like I said. So go for two or three days, probably tops, unless you're, you know, Oprah and got the money to spend, right? Um, But it was really fun. I would say the biggest downer was the air conditioning. That made it difficult to sleep. But aside from that, like, we had an absolute blast. Because not only did we go there, like... We did horseback riding. We went golfing. Like there is a lot of really cool stuff to do in Estes Park, Colorado. So I do highly recommend it for that. I bet. I think it sounds super fun. I'm jealous that I did not go. I would love to go to that hotel. It's definitely worth a trip one day. Like like Lisa said, it was a great experience. Just the city's great. The area is great. The hotel was great. So. Even though it was a little bit pricey, um, I would totally do it again someday. Now, do you think some of their prices are based off of their ghosts? Or do you think it's purely based on the fact that it's a great location, nice hotel? I think it is a combination of both of those things. So, for example, like a queen-size bed, like I said, is about 250 bucks, right? And usually at a hotel, if you upgrade to like a king, it does go up higher, 
but specifically the fourth floor is significantly higher. Like I said, that's about $419 a night, right? Now, the um, Stephen King room where he stayed in room 217, that is the most popular room for people to book, the one that they get the most requests for. And I actually, there's no information about it on their website. So I did call them today and pretended like I was interested in booking room 217 to try to get the scoop. So basically, we're recording this in mid-March, and they told me that it is booked all the way through June already. And so I gave them the dates of mid-August. I was like, I'm looking around August 14th through 17th or something like that. And they were like, well, the only day that it would be available is the 17th. So it's already, I would have only been able to get it for one of those days. So if you want to go and you want to stay in room 217, then you really need to book it ahead of time. It is booked pretty far out. Now, I had heard rumors that it was booked like years in advance. That's not true because you can still get in. It just might be like a specific date over the summer that you can fit in like a one night thing. She also did mention when I was talking to her that a lot of times in order to get that room, you need to book at least two nights. Now, I'm sure if there was like a one-off night where it wasn't booked or something, they would let you do a one night. But because of the high demand, they really want people to book more than one night, at least two in the room. And the room price is $549 a night. What? Yes. Very pricey. And there's no discounts. She was very clear about that. You know, there's no discounts on this one. You know, um, $549 because it's high demand. I mean, who can blame them? So that's where I think the ghostly stuff really does drive the prices. Because it's so well known for it. And I can't Supply and demand. I mean, supply and demand. They're a business. Right. If they're selling it at that price point, then why wouldn't they do it? But, woo, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting. Now, when we went there, there was a like haunted tour offered. We did not get a chance to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, they were booked up every time we went down there. And we were kind of obviously only there a couple days, maybe four days or so. And so we didn't get a chance to book it ahead of time. And we didn't know what we'd be doing each day. So we never got a chance to take it. But I think they did night tours too, right? And even private one-on-one sessions. Yeah, and we also, like, every time we went to try to book it, like he said, it was booked up or the time didn't work with other arrangements that we made. Like, it would conflict with, like, a dinner reservation or something like that. But I I would say I really regret not doing that because looking at their website, it does not look like they have haunted tours anymore. They do history tours of the hotel where you can learn all about the history, and I'm sure they're going to talk about the ghosts. I mean, that's such a big part of it. Um, but they have a just a daytime walking tour that's about 75 minutes, and that costs $23 per person. You get a small discount for any of the tours if you're an actual guest in the hotel. So, like, for that tour, it's only $20 if you're a guest. And there's actually lower prices for children if they're going to go on it. There is also the night tour. So it's called the History of Stanley Night Tour. Also 75 minutes. It's a little bit more expensive. It's $28 a person, $25 if you're a hotel guest. That's the one I personally would want to go on because it's night tour. I think I read somewhere you get to go in the tunnels in the basement, but I didn't see that on their website. So I can't say for sure that you get to do that on the night tour. I feel like it's like night tour, night tour a.k.a ghost tour gotta be right 
I'm guessing so, but it's not advertised as that. It's really yeah. advertised as the history of the location, and part of that history is the ghosts, right? And no deaths, so gotta be a, I don't know, gotta be a ghost tour. I know, what else are they gonna talk about for 75 minutes, right? They exactly must my point. They must have some good stories. All right, well, thank you so much, Bill, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, it was fun. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want more information about Your Haunted Holiday, go check us out on our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even a YouTube account if you wanna watch our podcast there. And I will look for some of the pictures from me and Bill's trip at the Stanley Hotel, and I will include those in the episode section where you can go check those out too. Definitely. So go check our website out. We've got a lot of different stuff about all the episodes that we, we've done. But also, please, please uh, subscribe to our channel. Tell your friends about our show. Word of mouth is huge. If, we, if you can even just get one more listener, that's big for us. So give us five stars if, you, if you've enjoyed this and make sure to subscribe. You guys have a great week and thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.